0: Welcome back to Bootability, a weekly interview series about the amazing ability we all have to change our lives and the world if we're brave enough to tap into it. I'm your host, Jeehi Jolly. Today we're talking about how to open a new path if you're feeling stuck where you are, whether that's at work or in any other situation. Our guest is Fernanda Kelly, actress, entrepreneur, and TV and radio host, While her career in media has been very successful, Fernanda's childhood dream has always been to be an actress. Today, she opens up about what it took for her to grapple with that dream not coming true in the way she had hoped, and how she used her Buddhist practice to turn the most painful situations into an opportunity for her to deepen her faith in herself and become a person of action. Now let's meet Fernanda.
1: My name is Fernanda Kelly. I am calling from Los Angeles, California, and I am an actress, an entrepreneur, an activist, producer, writer, and um, a radio personality.
0: Amazing. Thank you for taking the time <laughs> to talk today. I'm very excited for this conversation as well. Um, so let's just start with uh, context. If you could tell me very briefly, um, how long have you been practicing SGI Nichiren Buddhism? And sort of what's the story of how you encountered the practice and why you were drawn to starting?
1: Yes, so I've been practicing Nichiren Daishonin's Buddhism for 17 years. And I started practicing after A fellow actress, um, she introduced me to the practice while we were on a tour of acting and took her a little bit. It wasn't that easy. I mean, she would talk to me about Buddhism all the time and I would talk about my, you know, Catholicism. And one day I heard her chant in the hotel room and I was like, this girl is doing witchcraft on me. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like, how dare she? You know, like I totally thought. And so I peeked in. And she's like, come in, come in. You want to chant with me? And she just like got me to sit down and we chanted for maybe like, it was nothing, maybe a minute or two or five minutes. Who knows? I don't remember. And then that was that. So then months, 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 months later, I went to an introductory meeting and I heard everyone chanting. And I just remember, and I still remember the feeling of this is so bizarre, but it's so peaceful. And everyone is so happy. Mm. So to me, you know, I did study world religions as a minor, it wasn't like totally foreign. However, it was just it was never in my environment, as real as at this moment, you know, Mm -hmm. and it just felt beautifully. It, It was really just, it was an automatic connection for me.
0: I'm curious to know, initially, um, was it sort of like, were you going through some kind of struggle? Did you have a goal in mind? What were the initial things that you started to chant about or, or want to see change?
1: Definitely was a lot going on. You know, I did move to Los Angeles to be an actor. And so I was everything but an actress. I just kept having to work different side jobs and having to, you know, I don't come from family background with money or people in the industry. So I just like started paving my own path and, you know, I was really tired of not booking, of not booking anything, commercials, shows. And so when I went that one day to the introductory meeting, they told me, if you chant for 60 days for anything you want, it will happen. And if you doesn't, then you can stop practicing. And of course it's not that simple, you know, especially once you're in the rhythm of chanting things don't happen that way. But I feel like at the beginning, they, you know, you're encouraged to chant, to challenge yourself. Mm
2: -hmm. And so
1: my challenge, my dream, my goal was to book a national commercial and to become union, right? It's the hardest thing to do as an actor. Mm -hmm. And so I did that. I started chanting with so much faith. Like they told me, you don't need to know anything, just do it. And so I, I said, This is the thing I want most in my life to succeed as an actress. Let me just pour my heart, my heart out. And so I would chant day and night, five minutes here, five minutes there. And three months later, my Mm -hmm. agent called me and said, Fernanda, you booked a a union job, a union commercial. And I was like, oh, my God. And so we celebrated and we're, you know, super happy. And then he calls me a couple of days later and he's like, Fernanda, we have a huge problem. I was like, What? It's like, you booked two national commercials. I was like, so what's the problem? <laughs> He's like, they they shoot in the same day, but one, it shoots in San Diego and the other one in Los Angeles, which is like two hours away from each other. He's like, you have to pick one production. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, no, these people on the chanting over there told me that I could chant for anything and, th- and things would just go my way. So let me just chant about it. And my can you imagine like a Hollywood <laughs> agent listening to this Latina girl telling him about Namyo Renge Kyo? And somebody told me to chant and things were moving. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Da, da, da. And, and I was just like, just give me, give me a couple of days. How long do I have to pick? He's like, they told me 24 hours. So I chanted like crazy. I, my prayer was one of the two productions is going to move their date of shooting so that I could do both commercials. He calls me the next day. And he was dying. He's like, what did you do? And I was like, why? He's like, they they move the dates. You're gonna be able to do both commercials. And that for me was just like the power of prayer. Mm. And I never went back. I just literally from that moment on, you know, everything to the Gohansen.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> what a what a start. <laughs> i'm uh just just thinking you know from the perspective of someone who's new because um of course like conspicuous benefits in buddhist practice are so important and we need to we need to see our lives move forward in order to continue doing anything right but Mm -hmm. so much of buddhist practice is also the inconspicuous stuff or the internal shift and so um i'm curious what your where did the journey begin on that side of things because chanting is not just like you chant and you get stuff right there's this Mm -hmm. deep internal process going on and
1: it starts somewhere for everyone so I'm curious where it started for you well yeah that's actually something that happened maybe like six months into my practice when I personally realized the shift in my behavior most importantly
2: Hmm.
1: I you know I am Mexican and I come from the north which is a place where we have a temper and I come from very strong families. And so my tendency was to be very um, reactive. You know, I would react to things in, in the most natural, no filter, no thinking of the consequences way, like unpolitically correct, like you name it. You, somebody told me something and I would just come back with three times the worst. And it, it was I was really, really bad in that sense. Mm. And so I had come from years of arguing and fighting with networks, with bosses, abuse, like I just, I would react to these things in a horrible way, which is a very natural way, but no filters, no way of really. So anyway, so I, I started calming down, I became more Mm. mm, it wasn't compassionate yet, but it was more of a, okay, I need to think before I act. And it might seem something natural, but to someone like me, that's very explosive and you know just goes for things. It wasn't making sense that all of a sudden I'm actually thinking before reacting. And sometimes I wouldn't even mm-hmm. react anymore. And so one day I was having a you know crazy morning, like LA style and New York style, <laughs> I guess. And my dad was like, you haven't chanted today, have you? <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And I hadn't, and so everyone saw that shift in me because I started becoming someone that was calmer, someone that was more centered, someone that was ready to really um, not react, but more like think: What? Why is this happening? What's happening here? And how can I create value? So that was the, and it's still I feel one of the biggest benefits for me. Because my tendency was to react and to be arrogant and to just quit, walk out, I'm done. Hmm. And you can't do that. You just can't. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah that's really interesting. Is it, is it something that you feel like just naturally happened or that you had to intentionally decide this is an aspect of my my life that I need to work on or something like that?
1: I was so arrogant that I didn't see it at all. It was something that naturally and, you know, in, in the Buddhist environment, when you when you chant, when you go to meetings, like I was able to learn from other people's experiences. And I think that's the value when you have a community as we do. It's like you really listen to other people's stories. And so all of a sudden you just start thinking in, in what you hear and what you see. And mm-hmm. to me was my life, like Buddhism was my, my daily life. And so I was just having so much. I was learning so much from my people in my environment that I began to shift. Hmm. But no, I never even, I never said, let me change. No. <laughs> me? No. I was perfect. But girl, far away from that.
0: Wow. I love that because mm-hmm. it, it really is a testament to the to the fact that when you chant, your life just moves in the in the best direction,
1: whether you plan it or not. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's like you can't lie to the Gohonson, no mm-hmm. matter if you think. If you you know there, that's why I love the fact that we don't strategizing for another gohansen because it's it's about the heart. It's like your life needs to move in the direction to be better. So mm-hmm. it automatically does. Totally
0: makes yeah. sense. So today's topic, or what we're what we're really gonna dig into today, is this sort of universal challenge of dealing with your present circumstances, especially when you have a really big dream um, or you want to be doing something different than what is in front of you. And I'm imagining, given your career, that there's been a lot of that. Um, Mm -hmm. But before we dive into the details of that, just for context, if it's okay, I ask. um, Why acting like where did this sort of dream begin?
1: Yes, you know, I was around eight years old, I can remember, being eight years old and being in in our family living room. And I would do my homework listening to music, the the vinyl albums of my parents, right? And like the the greatest singers and and so forth. And there was one specific singer, her name was because she passed away, Rocio Durcal. She's from Spain. And she was famous for wearing big, long dresses and she would dance, you know, like flamenco as she sang, like her voice was angelical. I mean, she's one of the best singers that we, you know, Latin America and Europe has had. And I would just see her on TV, hear her on the albums. And I was like, I want to be that person. I want to I want to walk that way on this, you know, on stage and I want to sing. And I just I fell in love with her performance and just being a performer. And then you know, I told my dad, I want to be like Rocio Lurca. And my dad was like, honey, you need to take you know singing lessons. You need to take this. <laughs> but first, you're going to go to school. And so that was the end of the conversation. Like my dad said, you can do whatever you want. But first, you got to go to school. Mm-hmm. And so that's the way I grew up. Like I grew up dreaming and having all these beautiful, like magical fantasies of being a superstar and then being on stage. However, I couldn't study it because my dad would not allow me to. And so finally, when I was at an age, maybe like 13, 14, I told my mom, I want to start modeling. And so that's how it started because I didn't know how to, you know, in San Diego, there wasn't acting back then. Mm. And that's where the dream started. Like really was when I was eight years old. I just knew it.
0: Okay, so so let's jump into sort of today's topic Um, just to contextualize it. You know, people who are listening are probably listening because whatever career path they chose, they it's a very universal feeling to sort of be like, why am I here when I want to be there? (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. and um, Buddhism is about winning where you are. At the same time, it's also about really having great dreams and goals and advancing towards them. So I'm wondering if you can share a little bit about your career challenges in that regard specifically. So I don't know if you want to start at the beginning timeline-wise or there's like a concrete time period where you really struggled with that feeling and kind of how you chanted about it.
1: Mm-hmm. I still struggle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I still struggle. It's, it doesn't go away because my dreams are so big. The only thing I now understand is that it's going to happen. I know it in my veins, in my heart, in my soul. There's absolutely no doubt. And the reason why I struggle with it is because I want it now. But I also know that in the meantime, I'm creating a story, which is my story, which I will be able to inspire so many others that probably don't know about Namio Horenga kyo or don't have the, uh, I got this, you know, um, kind of attitude. And so I'm going to be proof that if I can do it, then so can you. But you know, my entire—I've been in this industry for twenty years, and and so I came to study, you know, to Los Angeles with nothing in my pocket, and and I, I came to an acting school, and and then I, I graduated, and and I couldn't book anything, and so. I, you know, I went to audition for a movie and a, a guy from a producer saw me and they're like, do you want to be a TV host? And so I began hosting as a TV host out of necessity, you know, I but I didn't like it. I had to interview all the stars when mm-hmm. I wanted to be the star. And that became my career. I mean, I became a TV host. I have Emmys and tellies and I just been, you know, it, it became my life for so many years. I'm, I'm very... Um, blessed to have that side but it was all I was always in pain and as I was chanting I would chant like for my breakthrough acting role when is it my breakthrough acting and it wouldn't come and it, and it still hasn't arrived yet
2: mm-hmm. you know that
1: breakthrough acting role but the difference is that now and in the moment when I realized it was about five years ago i was chanting to be released from a tv show a travel show that i had kind of like anthony bourdain it was a travel show Mm -hmm. and i had you know been there for seven years it was a national show on univision emmys tellies all the awards you can imagine the fame the first class tickets the you know the red carpets the emmys grammys you name it i was there right um and I was still very unhappy. I was making so much money and still unhappy. And I was like, this is not for me. I need to chant to so that I can leave this place and book a, a, a movie or something or a sitcom. And it was a process of a year. I remember chanting like, okay, I want to leave this place. I'm done, blah, blah, blah. And then that moved, that transition into, okay, well, I'm here. So let me appreciate everything that I, this has given me, right? Because I was able to buy my mom a home. I bought my mom a car. Like, I just had like so many blessings. And then- That transition into, okay, I'm grateful for this. I'm here now. Let me just really create value and just enjoy where I'm at. Hmm. And so as soon as I did that, something shifted in my life that I was fired. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't book the TV show or the movie, but I was laid off. They canceled my show. And then that's us like, wow, this prayer really works because I was chanting to leave. I was chanting for my happiness. So now what's the lesson here? And I was like, I'm not going to go back to TV. I'm going to really move on with my dream, move forward with my dream, which is acting. So I started auditioning and then, and then things just started being born, including my life project, which is based, it's a TV show based on my life, which I'm writing about now. Mm. And so To finish the story, I still haven't received the breakthrough acting role, but I wouldn't have the story to tell tomorrow, let's say, if it wasn't for the struggle because now it's my movie. It's my story. And so Mm -hmm. there's a huge reason why things don't happen when they happen because our mission is bigger than what we can imagine. And now Mm -hmm. I know that.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: (laughs) Yeah, now I know that. And so I'm just so eager to share all my experiences, like, I have been through so much in these 20 years, and I'm ready to share, I'm ready to create value with it, and inspire Mm -hmm. all the little girls out there, all the young women, all the women that feel judged, that don't feel seen, that feel abused, that have gone through abuse with the show.
0: Oh, my goodness. That's incredible. It's yeah. I I want to unpack this a little bit, if if that's okay with you, because I I'm thinking, um, it it sounds like almost effortless now in the way you share it, but obviously in in retrospect, right at the end, the once it clicks, you're free. But okay. I imagine that's not how it's been feeling. <laughs> <laughs> all this time, you know. Um, so if we can unpack it a little bit, um. You know, maybe just I'm thinking, again, from the perspective of someone who's listening, who's like, okay, so she spent that many years in a career that looked wonderful, but wasn't what she really, really, really wanted. And that's exactly how I feel, for example. Um, How did you begin to to even tackle it in terms of, you know, I guess you'd you by the time you had already started hosting, you were also practicing Buddhism, right? Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. um Yeah. What were your sort of like, what did the suffering look like initially? And then what kind of first steps did you take? Like, okay, so this is what I have to do in terms of my Buddhist
1: practice. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It's just so complex. I think that, you know, my mind would always go like, how can I be helped? Who is going to save me so that I Mm -hmm. can make it? I need someone, something out there to give me the job. And so mm-hmm. I would suffer a lot because I wouldn't feel supported by my community. I wouldn't feel supported by the casting directors. I wouldn't feel support. I, w- I kept blaming my environment, and it was just so painful. Like, am I not good enough? Am I not Latina enough for you? Am I not white enough for you? Like, so many concerns and 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 you know, painful questions would come up in my life and in my prayer, and then I would go get guidance. And it was just like, keep chanting, keep making causes, keep keep being a leader, keep inspiring other women and, and keep connecting. And it was just so not about acting. And so I was like, what, what does that have to do with my career? It was just such a time, so confusing because there's no answer. No one can give you the answer. And so I just dove into the teachings really on Attaining Buddhahood in This Lifetime. It's like a go show that I would reread and reread because it says that we ourselves are Namyo myoho kyo And so I just started chanting, And then it's even more painful when you're chanting and your family says, well, what's this Buddhism about if you're not doing what you love? You know, it's just so Mm. people would judge me, friends and family. Why are you still there? So what did I do? I just dove into the teachings and then I studied and studied and studied. And eventually I realized that it wasn't about them giving it to me is that I had to believe it. I had to create it for myself.
0: Hmm
1: but it was painful. It's still painful again.
0: Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Honestly, no, I, I hear you. I can, I can imagine. Um. Yeah. Whatever the, whatever the circumstances might be, it's just uh, yeah. Waiting, waiting is painful.
1: <laughs> waiting is painful. Yeah. And looking for validation or outside to, to give you something is even more painful. And I think that's one of the things that I learned that I must stop. Hmm. Everybody has their path though. You know, this is my journey. I feel like my journey is to take, you know, the, the, to make it happen for myself. Mm -hmm. My story won't be, she was discovered or she went to a casting who knows, maybe it will, but it hasn't been that way. So it's always, I've always had to create it. Yeah. And I feel that, because my thing was, well, I don't have this person. I don't have that. I don't know. They don't like me. They don't want me. And so that was my story. And now it's not. I completely changed that story to, okay, what am I going to do?
0: Yeah. So I With- have to
1: learn a lot too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's such a powerful thing because, um, you know, just playing playing back what you're you're sharing for people who are new to Buddhism, Buddhism concerns, we, we hear this all the time, right? Buddhism concerns itself with winning. You win or you lose, which is not something people really hear a lot when they think of Buddhism or at least the Western image of Buddhism, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess, you know, if you had to share what that, what that means to you, um, what what do you think it means to win where you are? Like for someone who's trying to even formulate
1: a determination, It's to be happy, like to genuinely feel happy, even though the circumstances in your environment are not reflecting what you want. It doesn't mean that it doesn't affect you or that it doesn't, you know, hurt me or that it doesn't create some sort of feeling at the moment where I'm living it. But when, like, for example, I know that I can change anything in my life if I create value from it. And that makes me happy. And I never feel a victim to any situation. Hmm. And so to me, even now, you know, on the radio, there's things. Ha- things happen. Situations happen. And I know my mission there is so it's so clear. I'm there to create value and show my members of my group, you know, that we it's up to us to change the narrative.
0: Hmm.
1: And that makes me happy. Yeah. So... I feel like, yeah, in the midst of it all, if we can joyfully respond, sensei always, you know, says respond with joy, then we're on the right track. And we all have the response the ability to respond. It's just, I feel that the response, what response are you going to give? That's where the magic happens. And as Buddhists, we are so compassionate. We are always trying our best to create value. So, yeah, we have a huge mission huge mission. Yeah, as practitioners.
0: Absolutely. Oh, um, well, on that note, I always like to ask people um, if you have a favorite Buddhist concept or a quote or something you really hold on to in terms of, you know, being able to actually apply this philosophy to your life. So
1: yeah. Yes, definitely. And it's really short and sweet. Rely on the law and not upon persons. Huh? And it's not as literal as it sounds, it's when it says, you know, rely on the law, it means on the actual uh, Lotus Sutra, right? But if if I internalize it, which is what I would try to do with the Gosho, if I try and live the Gosho, and I live the quote is, I will not rely upon persons. I will not rely in my environment. I will not rely on things. I will not rely on reality. I will not rely on anything except which is my life itself hmm. and so it becomes about okay fernanda what are you gonna do mm. and so again i never can blame anyone or anything
0: yeah wow that's a really really profound one <laughs> yeah it's,
1: it's a good one
0: yeah yeah definitely um yeah so amazing so um I, i'm so I always end the show, you know, with asking, asking for a piece of advice. But before I do that, I um, would love to hear a little bit more about what you're working on now.
1: Yes. (laughs) that's Always so much fun. Um, What am I working on? now? Well, I have the radio show, I have a morning show on Univision radio, they called me back. So I was gone for four years. And they called me back now to do radio and not TV. And so I do that from 5am to 10am. And then I come home and I work on my clothing brand, which is called Nithak, Not Your Typical Average Queen. And it's basically an online clothing brand for women. And we stand for creating value. That's what it really stands for, for highlighting that, you know, that Buddha nature, that that life force within all of us. And so I work on orders, I pack, I design, I get the stuff, I come, you know, I just do that. And then I have Uh, my show. I just finished writing the pilot of my show. We are editing it and then we're heading off to pitching it to, you know, HBO, Netflix, Amazon, whoever wants to pick it up. And then we start rolling.
0: Oh my goodness. Very exciting. (laughs) Oh, so I love exciting. it. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. It makes me think and I, you know, just just one other question about this. It strikes me that, you know, when a person's feeling very heavy or stuck, especially if you work in a creative industry, maintaining your creativity to then work on other things is not easy. It's mm-hmm. very easy to just be like, I'm burnt out on this and I that's all I got, which then makes you even more stuck. So mm-hmm. I just, I mean, it sounds like it takes a lot of energy to do everything that you're doing. So like how, yeah, how do you do it?
1: You know, I, I really feel that when your why is big enough, is important enough, it's real enough, then I don't know, you get the energy I mean, hmm. I get the, if you tell me about designing for my brand, I can do it for 12 hours a day, 15 hours. If you talk to me about acting, I can do it for 15 hours. If you talk to me about, you know, now with my show, my radio show. So it's just like my why is so much bigger than I'm tired or I'm I'm jaded or it hasn't hmm. happened yet. That, And then again, I have this practice and I have, you know, my mentors, like I have such a huge example from Nichiren to Makiguchi to President Toda to Daisaku Ikeda, like they did not give up. They had no time to be tired. And so I'm like, what am I complaining about? I just, I got to get things going. Hmm. My well, why is really strong. Yeah. I, I I would die if I didn't have my creativity. It's what I live for. So it's, it's, I'm tired, but you know, We'll rest one day. <laughs> Not right <laughs> I now. I love it.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And for, for context, for, for those listening, all of the those mentors that you you mentioned are the people who really spread this Buddhism around the world. So I love that. They're harshest
1: conditions.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had to say what your why
1: is in a sentence, what would you say? To inspire other women. So they know they're not alone. It's Amazing. so clear to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> if anyone is listening today who's new to Buddhism and feeling stuck in some way, whether it's the same way as you've experienced or or given their own circumstances, what piece of advice would you give them?
1: Uh, just start. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect. You have nothing to lose. That's just it's free, you know, it's have a seeking spirit. I feel like when you want to see change, we just have to change the way we we behave. And so mm-hmm. my advice is just do it. Like Nike, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> There's absolutely nothing that you will lose. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the few things in life where you don't risk. You just get benefit after benefit and you grow and you just expand and you become unstoppable and you create, you know, you make the impossible possible, who doesn't want that? Why would you not want that?
0: For me, the key takeaway of Fernanda's story is that having a sense of purpose can help us unlock our ability to face whatever is at hand, no matter how stuck we may feel. In Buddhism, mission is another word for purpose. Her story reminded me of these words from Buddhist philosopher Daisaku Ikeda, which read, Chant Nam-myoho-renge-kyo and climb the mountain in front of you. When you reach the summit, wide new horizons will stretch out before you. Little by little, you will understand your own mission. Those who remember that they have a unique mission are strong. Whatever problems they have, they will not be defeated they can transform all their problems into catalysts for their growth toward a hope-filled future. For those who are new to chanting, I also want to share a friendly reminder that our 31-day chanting challenge is currently happening through February 18th, so if you'd like to join, you can sign up at the link in the show notes. You'll get daily email and audio prompts of actions and tips for your chanting journey. That's all for today, and we'll see you next week.